0: I mean, the Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, so I'm a football fan, but, you know, and it's all good. But, uh, but so we are going to have class tonight. So if all of you were that were a part of the class, um, you know, we are going to have that tonight at four o'clock. So uh, what time's the game start? Eight? Something like that? Yeah, that's all the pregame nonsense. What time? What's kickoff? Kickoff's at 630? All right. Well, I'll do my best to have you out of here by six. So if you've got a lead foot, you can like fly. And go home and watch it. Or are you going to just stay and bask in the glory? Bask in the glory of God's goodness. But, um, but anyway, so we'll have class tonight as well. So just to let you. Oh, we have Chiefs fans. We have any 49ers fans in the room as well. No? No 49ers fans in the room? Can I have Oh, you got it? Who's going to win? 49ers or Chiefs? Chiefs. Niners, I think the Niners have more talent, but I think the Chiefs have a better coach and a more experienced quarterback. So be interesting, it's gonna be interesting. I don't like either one of those teams personally. I'm a Dolphin fan myself. Yeah. Uh, Come on, how can you live in the 305 and not pull, right? You gotta pull for those guys, you know? So anyway, all right, okay. Did, did anybody fill out can, did anybody fill out the cards anybody fill them out you didn't get one okay here wait a minute why did we hand these out did we hand these out okay so here Shelley, the queen of awesomeness if you want to if you want to ask a question decorative dave the king of awesomeness and the cruise counselor of the of miami Shelley and dave are going to have q and cost cards and then, um, well, we gotta have, we gotta give him a pen, a marker. It. You're on it, David. Yeah, you're on it. If you guys ever want counseling on what cruise line to go on, Dave's a really good one. He's been on like every single cruise line in the world. Just up by one hundred cruises. One hundred cruises. So if you're like, you know, hey, I'd like to go on a cruise, a cruise, but I'm not sure which line to go on, Dave will give you the rundown yes. on all of them. I just you. want to share because He's the my mic's counselor on. of Elevate.
1: So I just want to share as far as it goes with Super Bowl stuff. So our football. So just, hold
0: on, let me give you, Just so just raise your hand if you raise want a card. Raise your hand if you need a card. Right, if you want a card, right. We're
1: gonna mix you into the stack. Right. Don't yeah, think we're gonna, yeah. We're, gonna yeah, we're not your, gonna call you out. But so no.
0: just mix. Write out anonymous. the write out your question. It, it, anything related to der- dating, marriage, and sex or anything like that. It can be children as well. So if you've got issues with kids or you want to ask questions about child rearing or things like that, um, and then just write it out and then uh, raise your hand when you're, to get a card. And then when you're done, uh, Shelly or uh, Dynamic Dave will pick it up for you. So.
1: And so I just want to say how I do sports. So I do like sports and I do, I've been, we've been married almost 33 years. So um, right. yes, I've known him since I'm 19 years old. Yes, uh, we were very good dream. friends. Uh, we met in a college ministry. We were in leadership evangelism team leaders and um, in Bible school together and, uh, as well. And so he was my very closest friend. Um, I thought he was the most spiritual. And I always liked him as a friend. He was my best friend. So we would, I would say we were very close friends, almost like best friends. And so we would try, we would go to concerts, Christian concerts together all the time. And so, um, and so yeah, I was 19. And so we've been married that many long years. And so I've learned to love uh, some of the sports that Kevin uh, likes. So um, even my son, he's really into basketball. My husband is into football. He's like a football kind of freak. Uh, and so, but the way I play these, well, yeah, I watch these games. So I was a cheerleader, and I still don't know which side is the offense or the defense. I know, I know. Sherry bad. goes by the yeah, uniforms. I know, she I likes do. the colors. I, I, pick lo- I pick colors. She they have nicer I uniforms. I pick colors. I also like winners. Okay, so yay, right? Winners. Uh, and I'm not that loyal to really anyone. That's kind of bad, except for you. And And, but I only... Um, I only root for I, in, individuals. So if I find that someone's a believer, I want to root for him. So I'm like, I wrote for the ones, and so it doesn't even matter like if they're like, I mean, I will if they're a Super Bowl forever, kind of what are those history guys that go down in history, Hall MVP, of Famers. Of, Hall kind of Famers. Those kind of things. So if they're really good, okay, I'm like, wow. But if, if I know that they're like a cheater or something like that, I don't like you. So, I don't want you to win. Character so matters. That's the way I play the, the In the uniform sports, matters. It's kind of funny. Say. And my son will get mad. I'm like, yeah, but he's, he's unfaithful to his wife. I don't like him. I don't want him to win. And my son's like, yeah, but he's so and so and so and so, and he should win. You know, he's amazing. He's going to win. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not rooting for him. So, it's kind of fun. Just a little tidbit of me. But okay. Yeah. So, so I'm going
0: f- r- to find one for you. You're going
1: to, okay. Oh, I'm going to start. I'm just
0: eliminating the <sighs> Yes, you can start.
1: Well, I hope that you guys, I hope this one is directed
0: at you. So so I hope you
1: asked some really good ones, like even the juicy ones that you want to ask, because we do want to answer them. And listen, even the stuff of trouble, because me and Kevin have been through all kinds of trouble and difficulty. Um, We really have. And we've uh, endured. We're extremely different temperaments and we actually are almost like opposites in how we communicate and uh, relate and understand each other we've been
0: known to suck all of the oxygen out of the room so we can talk that long rosie
1: Yeah. so we're both very verbal
0: I don't know you and you and Sherry were going you know yeah we Joe are, and I were just sitting there looking at each other like we,
1: so but we communicate very very differently and it's not even just a male-female because lots of people like Robert Leard he always says that about we are one of the most uniquely different couples he has seen and the way that we are and dr. Uh, Pastor Festus he said that we're both uh, two eagles Two eagles (laughs) because we're so opposite. And um, have you ever seen eagles mate? They look like they're
0: going to commit suicide. They're like in (laughs) the air; they're falling to the ground. That's us. We're just like
1: murder, murdering each other. Then we
0: fly up high
1: again. So, so, but we've had to really learn, and we have to be. Me and Kevin have to be very intentional with making place for each other, with allowing each other to grow and to thrive. And he's been very good and it's been a work in progress and it still is it's always process of learning and understanding each other and seasons so seasons have changed my kids are out of the house kind of sort of and um i have more time so i've been more involved in ministry i always felt called but i was also with kids So, and I was working, so I now am more embracing, uh, I'm embracing more of a ministry role. And so he's really given me a lot of place uh, to find uh, my gifts and my abilities and develop myself. And so there's been a lot of even tension at times with us, us figuring out the changes within our relationship. So we really wanna make that stuff available to you. We're not gonna make it shiny. Most of you know us that way, we're not really shiny. We really wanna be authentic and honest, because we want you to realize that someone has went through what you've went through Uh, in your relationship or even in your singleness right now, and and that God has an answer and that he has a way, and he has a provision, and he has a success story. So we want to be the flagships for you in having endured and went through heavy hardships, things that almost probably could have destroyed us. Uh, Rose and Tom know a lot of our stories, so does Shelly, and there's been things that literally could have destroyed us, should have, should have literally destroyed us, and we weathered it and came out stronger. All right, so let's get Even this thing if going. it was a difficult season. All so right, so we're gonna we kick it to off right you. now at right.
0: Th- 11-13. So this is directed at you.
1: This is at me, okay, right? great. <laughs>
0: How do you handle the pressure and the expectations uh, of living up to the standards of a Proverbs 31 wife?
1: Oh, how do I live? Okay, first of all, Proverbs 31 is written down. And it's not, every every woman is not always perfect. That is the model, just like Paul is a model, but he had bad days, right? He was doing circumcisions when he shouldn't have. There was a lot of things going on and mistakes were being made. And so Proverbs 31 is a great mirror Um, And I look at Proverbs 31 as my opportunity, but not necessarily my bondage. So I can be all those things in different seasons of my life if I should want to, or I feel called to it. So if I want to have a business, I could. If I want to work, I could. Um, I'm a a wisdom generator. All these different things. My children, all this stuff. So you do not, Proverbs 31 is not supposed to be a chapter of bondage to women. It is supposed to be a chapter of inspiration. Um, I hope that encourages. So... Look, you don't have to be like me. You have to be you. If you try to be like me, you're not going to be good at it. You have to be you. I've tried to be all kinds of church ladies, and it don't work. I have to be me. Okay, I have a different story. I have a different history than lots of others, and you do too. Every single woman in this room, you have a history. You have a story. You have a purpose. You have unique giftings, skills, designs, interests, Possible future callings that you've never come seen come forth from your life, so you have to discover that the journey is with the Holy Spirit of discovering that just like I'm doing you can't be me if you try to be me you're not going to do a good job and you're actually going to make me something that I'm not really because I'm really not all that I'm just a vessel. Okay, and I'm just pouring and I'm courageously the big thing for women and men is courage the courage to pour forth what you have and be okay if you're not all that. That God will give you more, that He's a good God, that He will pour unto you more so that you can give more. But the more you pour, the more you'll want to pour more. So you want your life to be an expression. So you just want to be you. You want to be you and you want to discover you, not in a selfish way, but you as the Lord's designed you to be. And that's a process and an intimacy.
0: So you want to write full of cards? Amen. Yeah. All right. So I would just comment on the first on, one. i, we'll I, I comment goes. on that um, too. I, I think. Uh, Christianity has, deals a lot in, in ideals, you know, like we, we set up these almost unachievable ideals, and really what the ideal, like Proverbs 31, for instance, it's a guide. If you look at the character of that woman, there's different facets of that. Not every woman is a Proverbs 31 woman. There's a woman who raises her kids. There's a woman who provi- who takes care of her house and makes sure that the the, the house is functioning. And there's a woman who's entrepreneur. Very few women, you know, bat a thousand in all of those categories. And men. Well, I'm getting there. So, yeah. So you just focus on those questions, right there. Is this there. my so question, pile for Yeah, you the, No. Well, you can, can I rifle ask you through anything them. From there's a few oh. there for that I want for you. Okay. But um, the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, I, I I think the standard even goes really high for men. Uh, it's unachievable. And um, so there's a book out right now, it's a, it's a business book, uh, but it's really put a language into, into this type of thing. Um, it's called The Gap in the Gain, and uh, what is his name? Doctor, I can't remember his name, but it's called The Gap in the Gain. It's, it's about business, but it, you, you transfer some of these principles into relationships, and it talks a lot about ideals and living in, and one of the things the guy says, and this relates to parenting, is the guy who wrote the book learned the principles from another guy. And he said, when I learned this, I realized that I was raising my children out of the gap. He was raising them towards his ideals. We cannot live, we we have to understand who we are. And the scripture is a guide, like especially when it comes to character. Like if you read so many things in the Bible, none of us meet that standard, but there are character qualities from these standards that we can draw from a lot of this 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 kingdom when it comes to us as individuals like if you looked at our marriage our marriage does not fit a template so we all we trying to get everybody's does focus on the cards okay. so i don't know um, what to ask you
1: i want you to pick cuz yeah, yeah. i know you want to pick one let you pick, right, I'll one. pick
0: one but just let me finish this thought so <laughs> laughing helps so um, the 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 thing that i want you all to understand is that nobody's life fits a template. Our marriage is highly functional, but it doesn't fit a template. Like if we were to, if we were to have Christian template examine our marriage, we would, we would be a hybrid. We don't fit, you know, like, like the standards. And, and, and so we, we, we talk a lot about that. God is not, the template is, is what we apply our lives to, but, you, but it's not a prison, do you understand that? The idea is for you to understand who you are, to understand that you're a son, that you're a daughter, and then to begin to mold yourself and understand who you are as a person. And you're going to fit somewhere in the template of of the Lord, but you're not going to meet that perfect ideal. There's so much downward pressure on people to meet this perfect ideal like women, the Proverbs 31 question is a great question because there's that pressure that's on them. There's this pressure on men. You've got to be this man and you've got to this and you've got to that and you've got to make sure that you're hosting Bible studies with your family every single night of the week or you're just not a man of God. You've got to spend two hours a day in a prayer closet or you're a man of, I mean, good God. How do you live life? You know, this king, we, we do it in rhythm. We do it in flow. Jesus is with me always. My heart and my mind is always directed upon him. How do you live this out? You live it out in, in flow. You know, you live it out in relationship, through relationship. God's heart and desire is to partner with you. God's heart and desire is to reveal the person that he has made you. The Lord has standards, but they're, they're, none, none of these standards are, are, are perfect, they're, they're just not, I hope I'm helping somebody. I don't know if I'm, I hope I am. So yeah, so that, that, that template, you, you take the pressure off of yourself to stop meeting these ideals. Be Love Jesus, listen to him, and what you'll see is that you, you'll start to see that these things naturally flow out of you. It, character naturally flows out of you. A man's desire to provide for his family will naturally flow out of him. A man's desire, if he starts loving God, a man's desire to love his family, to lead his family, and all these things will naturally begin to happen. He may not know what he's doing, but it will naturally begin to start happening if he will just love the Lord. The woman and the character design of the woman, if she will love the Lord, the nature that God has given her as a woman will naturally begin to to, to rise to the surface. It'll happen naturally. It'll happen naturally. And I think even looking at Proverbs 31, it's more of an affirmation. The church treats it like a template, but it's affirming. You know, it's an affirming thing, so um, I, hope that, I hope that makes sense. So just take the pressure off of the ideals, love the Lord, follow the Lord in honesty and in truth. I think you should pick one, though, so that's one. For you okay. or for so you me? Okay. This um, well, this one I wanted you to uh, answer, oh, so you can okay. have that one.
1: All right, so I'll do this one. Can we uh, do dating? We'll try to go through them fast. Okay, can we do dating app? Uh, yes, I think you can. Um, I think you should date. I think you should get out there. Um, I think that if you're waiting in a closet or inside your house for someone to meet you, you're not gonna meet anyone. You know? Or you're gonna feel like someone that came to your house was stalking you. you know? um, you're gonna think, why is that person at my house? Oh, I'm here to b- marry you. No, they're not gonna marry you. You're gonna think they're a stalker. So you have to get out there. How do you handle dating? With propriety, with propriety. The Bible says that sex outside of marriage is sin. So whether single or married, you're not to stray, which is adultery. um, And fornication is sex outside of marriage. You're not supposed to do that. You You are told not to do that. So how are you supposed to govern yourself? With integrity. You should mix and mingle. You should be a very social person. You know, that's how young people in college meet each other and get married is because they're social and they're interacting. If you're younger or you're older and you want to get married, you need to get social. So by socially interacting with people, and when I say socially interacting, I don't mean doing something that's very... Um, placing you in an environment where you can compromise and your characters compromise where, for example, you're drinking and you get drunk and you go back to the room with them or uh, stay over or do something, say something, act in some way that you shouldn't because you've compromised yourself. So do things that are clean, do things that are fun, go with other people that want to meet people. You don't have to marry the first pers- person that you meet. You can get in an environment of two or three friends, girls, guys, and go do fun things. Go do uh, dance classes, go, uh, go uh, parachuting, invite people that you meet to go with you in a group, to go do something. Be social. They say they're a Christian, take a look at their social media, look at who their friends are. Hello. If in their social media, that they look like they're like this, they're like, you know like three people in a bar or you're you know doing something crazy. they got jello shots lined yeah, up on and, the counter and, and they're and they're, and they're taking indicator. pictures of like girls walking around in you know crazy bikinis right. you know that may not be the integrity that you're looking for and if you choose that integrity you're going to ask for it if you choose flesh you will get the reward of flesh if you choose spirit you will get the reward of spirit god can give you eyes for many different people if the heart is there That's why the parents used to be involved, is because they were uniting hearts, okay? So that's another subject, but the dating app is a yes, but you need to find out who you're dating. Don't go one-on-one, go in a group. Go do fun things, learn to be fun if you're single, learn to get out, go do stuff. Go go uh, go to the rodeo, go to the you know, go to the Renaissance fair, go to this, go to monster that, go trucks. to food tasting, go to monster trucks, go to stuff and invite other single men or women to go with you and the group that you're hanging out with and do clean fun things together and see whose heart you know, you, you know, that the Lord might be shifting you towards. We've married so many people that have met in dating apps, and truthfully, many of them, the relationships were wonderful. So um, they me, just were wise in their choosing. Let me, just, let me ask choosing. you a question related to dating sense? apps, yes. because
0: you, you actually have had wisdom on this before. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so I'm going to play. So I'm on a dating app, right? Okay. So, you know, I meet this really... You better really, not I meet, uh, No, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I meet this really, but, um, sh- really... <laughs> Hot, really pretty eagle woman, like dark haired that, that wears a leather jacket, you know, and I wanna go out with her. Should I go to dinner with her? Like, like how, do I, how do I actually get to know the person? What's, what are some steps that I can right. have? So This is Great a dating Great question. question,
1: go back to the basics. You, it, when you were in school and you were dating in high school, when you were dating in college, when you were dating in single youngish areas, you were very open-minded you would meet and greet with people and be social, meet and greet with people that are social. I'm telling you again, what you look at, if you pick flesh, you're going to get flesh. The big problem with Western culture Okay? And Rose can tell you, in Western culture, everything's about the flash, the bling, the job, the bank account, the car, the abs, the haircut, all this stuff. And I'm telling you, as someone who used to model, it is empty you will have to lay next to that person and they will have slobber coming out of their mouth and it will be dried on their face. You will have a baby that throws all up over your wife's shirt and she will walk around all day smelling like baby formula. You will have clothes all over and you will wonder why you don't love that person anymore because you don't do life with them. And life is not like the facade of social media. So when you pick the fancy, you pick external, you're going to have a cost to it. It's always heart with the Lord. Now, does that mean you should put a bag over their head? No. There, but there's lots of people that are attractive and wonderful people that you could marry if you would just stop staring at the external and having a big long checklist of their job and everything else. Women can make more than men, and men can make more than women. And it's just because she's marrying, just because you have money doesn't mean she wants to marry you for your money. Okay? And if your money is everything, you may have an idol. You know? So you really, again, if we're going to do things biblically, which is how we should, we're, and I saw some questions in there, and if you want me to just touch on one and then I'll pass it to you, that, well, okay, uh, I don't think it's the one I'm thinking, but. um, We
0: had to sit down ground rules of how we're going to. Yes, but I'm going to. I'm going
1: to. So I was (laughs) just wrapping it up. Okay, so. um,
0: Jasmine's uh, known us for a very long time. The money thing,
1: the money thing, uh, again, We are called to not date for huge, long periods of time. We are called to get to know people, see them on all types of settings, okay? Our pastor, after six months, we were friends for two years, said get married or cut it out. I was dating someone else before Kevin. I was sure it was God. Oh, this is God, oh, this is God. It wasn't God for him and eventually it wasn't God for me. And I was wasting my time with an appearance. He was godly, but it was the wrong setup for me, and my insecurities didn't want to marry that person because of my insecurities, so God had to take me round the horn, round the horn, and it doesn't mean that everything was perfect with the one that I got married. There's only one who's everything, and that's Jesus okay so he's never been everything for me and i've never been everything for him and i'm never gonna be you know i'm just an awesome you know jogging you know partner right
0: so <laughs> let me jump in, in the, the path like, of life so so, like, so yeah go ahead okay so just on on the dating thing like if you're dating again take the pressure off of it yes. meet the person for coffee do fun things like in the daytime so there's not all this nighttime pressure it's yeah it's a, so there's not all this nighttime pressure on it. People go to date and they take them to dinner. I mean, there's too much pressure on that. You're way, you're way out there, man. Meet them for coffee. That way, if it doesn't connect or, or lunch, oh, hey, I gotta get back to work, boom. You know, you can ghost them a different way or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But like, like and then if you wanna take it further, then you go, yeah, some of you know what I'm talking about. The, 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 the and go and do fun things together fun things together. They need you, need, you need, they need to see, if you need to see these persons, not it, like we knew each other from things that we got involved in, right? We were just doing things around each other and we just happened to be in the same circle. So we ended up in our same gravity, but I saw her. I didn't see her as, you know, this perfect model woman that we all present ourselves on, on dates. It ain't and, real. And she didn't show, she didn't see that side of me either. So one of the things with dating is like do it in, 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 a, in a non-pressured environment. Go to coffee, meet for lunch where both of you have to go back to work. You, you know what I'm saying? Do, do stuff in the daytime. You know, don't, don't do this whole night thing. There's too much downward pressure on that already. And you, so the question here is, okay, so I'm going to just deal with this. Dealing with dating unbelievers, that is a huge disaster. Let me just caveat that before I jump into that. And then the other one is dating someone with potential or someone that is already looking for God. Okay. So when it comes to that, it's like, there's no, listen, let me just blow the myth out of here. Oh, he's going to change for Jesus. I just know it. She's going to change. She's going to love God. No, you, you, that's not, that's not it. You're looking for someone who already has a relationship with the Lord. That doesn't mean they have potential. They don't have potential and things like that. You really, you want somebody who has a heart for God. You have a heart for God. The problem is there's, in, people say, well, there's too many, there's not enough people out there that are like that. No, you disqualify those people with other, with other images. The heart for the Lord has to be at the top of the thing, at the top. It can't be at the side. So everybody's looking at, oh, well, you know, he's got a heart for Jesus. Yeah, but he doesn't really have a job that I want him to have. Or she doesn't really do this or she isn't really that. You know, they may be attractive to you and there may be a, ma- a model or a connecting point b- between the two of you, but you've disqualified them based on worldly standards. And this is what Christians do day in and day out, is they disqualify potential mates based on worldly standards. And so, can God work through a marriage? Listen, I've been doing this a long time. I have dealt with more disasters over unmatched hearts than I ever did over matched hearts. When two people have a matched heart and love Jesus, the Lord can work through that circumstance and change everything around it. When two people don't have matched hearts, it, it's it's a disaster. It's a disaster. And that blinding romance that you feel, he loves me, he loves me. Oh, I'm so hot for you, girl. You know, that blinding romance that you feel on the front end, it, 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 I don't want to say it fades, but that, that euphoria isn't there all of the time. And so what you're left with is the character of the person. And if that person doesn't have character, you have a disaster on your hands. But if they love the Lord and they will love the lord then all everything is possible if they if they honor god nothing is possible it can be a complete disaster i've seen basket cases bags of cats As christians god, are basket listen cases. i've been i've been there so i used you know i could say myself we but are god will take a person who has a heart for him sherry made a comment the other day this is the god who takes shepherds and makes them kings this is the god we serve so i give you credit for that this is a, that was really good so yeah, so he, this God takes He's shepherds stealing. and makes them kings. But why did he take, what, what, the shepherd was an outcast, unwanted, completely disdained. Shepherds were a was not a, listen, shepherd was not a glorified position in, in, that, in that culture. They, they were outcasts. They were ritualistically unclean. They were unclean for worship. They had to go through a sanctification period just so that they could come into worship. They, they were considered like the, 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 the lowest on the turtle pole. Jesus identifies with them. He identifies with the lowly. Aren't you glad? Happy day. But he takes someone who is unwanted, has nothing, literally nothing but a heart, and he makes him a king. That is what you're looking for. He takes someone who is unwanted, un, a, a shot-out, broken woman like a Rahab, and he puts her in the line of the Messiah. God is, has all of the power to change everything. But if he does not have the heart material to work with, nothing's gonna change. Externals won't get this done. Principles won't get this done. This faith cannot be run by principles alone and it cannot be run by externals. And what happens is is you're gonna run into a disaster and you, you can love the person, but again, it's that disqualifying thing. Disqualifying thing
1: about messy uh, relationships. Like, okay, so you're married and a believer, and now all the junk's coming out.
0: You can marry, you know, people that have gotten married. To Our un- junk came we, out. Well, junk comes out. I mean, still we married a out. believer. We, we was like, so listen, say this with me. Marriage,
1: yeah. marriage will not make me happy. Will not always make marry me happy. It makes you happy, but it's not.
0: Still, well, let's say it this way. Marriage is not designed.
1: Marriage is not designed to only make me to happy. To only make me happy.
0: Marriage is designed. To make me holy. To make me holy. You see, God everybody acts like God's shocked and awed because there's problems within the marriage. He's not shocked and awed. That's the whole point. The whole point is to put two people together and all of a sudden he catalyzes these two people together. What he's forming is apostolic teams. That's really if you want to know what the Lord is doing.
1: Okay, that's really good. Right. Thank you. That's good. Uh, Okay, I'm gonna steal that. Thank you. So
0: what God is forming... That's right. See, ladies, that's a good thing. But anyway, what God is forming is he's forming apostolic teams, two as one. That is really good. Right. Apostolos. Two that can become one that can do them... So women, men, this is for men, um, she's not a slave. She's a teammate. And all the ladies said...
1: This whole concept
0: of... Do what I say, woman. That's never the identity. And I'm not going to get too deep into this, but I, I'm, I'm running down several threads here. But she's not designed. God never designed the woman to be a slave. Not once, not now, not ever. She has a brain. She's intelligent. You know, that, that's, that's how God designed her, with a value and worth that exceeds her beauty. Right? Charm is deceitful and, and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. So th- there's a value to the woman that exceeds that. And so she's a teammate. She's not um, a slave. That's not how God made her. So that's another thread. But messy relationships. He takes two broken people, puts them together. Then they have broken children. So my story is this. I thought I came to Jesus. And we did. Right. So I was really messed up. So this again. But I had a heart for the Lord. I had a heart for the Lord. I grabbed him with everything I had. And I'm like, just tell me what to do and I will do it because my, my life didn't help me with anything. And what I had was clearly not working and it wasn't producing a, a person that I wanted to be. And so when I grabbed the Lord, he changed me. So then I'm thinking, Hey man, I got this thing on lock. You know, I'm a Christian. I got it all down. I know how I I, to
1: put this facade out. I, I got good. this
0: now, you know, a couple of years in my all Sunday
1: right. thing. I just I'm in keep the it
0: roll. rolling. You know, I got this thing. Then I get married and it just, it was like, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm doing at all, right? And I was on my knees. My pants were worn out. Help. I was crying out, Lord, I don't know what to do with this woman acting that you like we me. ain't Christians. I don't know what I'm doing. I have no Not clue. Acting very Christian. Right. And so all of that sort of thing came together. Then a few years in, a couple years in, Sherry and I, we kind of start working through our issues. and one we had to close the windows because we fighting. <laughs> Eagles. So anyway, the marriage is about oneness it's a had. it's two becoming one that's the challenge and so the two becoming one and we can talk a little bit about that but when when we became one together so there was all of this mess before jesus fixes it you understand this you're gonna see a pattern here jesus does fixes the fixes the person in process puts two dysfunctional people together even though they think they're functional they didn't realize how i should kiss you right now yes (laughs) They didn't realize how dysfunctional they actually were until they got married. Is there any yes. married people in the room? Anybody? Anybody testify to this? Out. Right. So that dysfunction comes out in the relationship. Losing
1: the everywhere.
0: So again, this this comes back to the template. The church has no margin for that. We put all this downward pressure on marriages, and people can't really actually talk about their struggles because they're not allowed. We're Christians. We don't have any problems. Are you kidding? It's not that Christians don't have problems. That's not, the, that's not really the, the, the statement here. Christians have problems, but what Christians have that the world doesn't have is the answer to the problems. You understand? So, Christian marriages are dysfunctional, but we have the answer to the dysfunction if we will bring him into the equation. And so, Sherry and I were thinking, oh, we got this thing on lock. You know, we're like, woo, you know, we're in love. We kind of got all our, our issues worked out, seemingly. Then we have children. Right? Then, once we start having children, a whole new set of dysfunctions comes out.
1: Dysfunctions that we had never imagined come out. I I think also learning things. It's not even always dysfunction, it's just we're in a different setting. Okay, okay, but okay, fine. But some of it is just you're in a different setting. Come to terms with that word. I've never been this way before. And so I'm learning to be a mother. I'm learning to be a wife. I'm learning to balance all these different areas. I'm learning to be nice when I'm not all Cleaned and smelling nice and showered and at the dinner, you know, table out to dinner. I'm having to like do that with my hair all cockeyed and, like I said, with baby formula on me and slobber on my face still from sleeping. And then we're, I'm trying to be transparent and intimate, you know, like, and I'm not meaning physical, just trying to share how I feel that I feel insecure right now and you're not being sensitive to me. And so all that stuff starts oozing out and we have to learn each other. We had to learn each other and no no marriage is going to be the same as everybody else it's just the fact you come in differently and so I'll just I, 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 I don't know if I cut you off I did I was going to say about I was well, going to talk yeah. about communicating because okay. something that every, every marriage and every relationship with your mother your father your brothers your sisters your people at work relationships learning to communicate constructive communication Constructive conflict. We went to a marriage encounter. We used to take couples at another church. We used to take couples with us. This is way back, like in the 20 year, 18, 15, no, probably like 12, 14. Oh my gosh, I'm married so long. Anyway, so a long time ago, um, and so we would take marriage couples, married couples to a uh, marriage encounter. They do them. I don't know. Maybe somebody's heard about them. They're on the weekends. They still do them. Great. Um, you go and they teach you how to have constructive conflict how to fight fair, um, how to communicate, how to say something <laughs> without being a reactive freakazoid, you know, like, oh my gosh, you said that to me again, you know, she said that again. You you're know? just like your She's mother. To, yeah. Oh, yeah, and learning, learning Here but we go. here's the thing. So learning to constructively communicate and <laughs> learning, because actually constructive communication, if you're actually good with it, and I'm working with this person, is, is he hearing what I'm trying to say, Correctly, so if he's heard something different then I've not done a good job at it And I have to take the time to labor and morph myself into Articulating my feelings my needs my desires What I would like what bothers me and so all of those things start coming into factor And I'm learning to become one with this person and it's bumpy So that's something with the communicating side. So you have to have a grace for yourself. People, I'm not super Christian, and he's not either. You know, if you live with me, you see my stuff, my junk, you know. And it's just we're human beings in process following the Lord who's everything. And everything of Jesus in him helps me better with me. Does that make sense? And so we journey the process together. He doesn't have the pressure to be everything to me. He's not. He doesn't want to be either. You know, it's a, that's a big burden. I can't be for him either. I can't worry that, oh, your eyes are gonna wander because I can't be everything. I'm not gonna be everything. And he's not for me. And you know, and we both don't we look at each other and we're like, wow, you look you look terrible. No, maybe you don't. No, <laughs> maybe we don't. But I never do. I never think you, you look, look amazing. terrible. But anyway, so you can say all these things from the external, but the external <laughs> is not what drives us as believers. We have to have character. The Bible says beauty fades, right? Beauty fades. We're all equalizing when we get to you know to the end. Okay, look at older people. You barely can tell who looked like what, right? Yeah. You know, and so truthfully, we're trying to find somebody we can run the race with, and they're not. And it's not an issue about being perfect. We all have tempers. We all have That's to my grow. Phone. Who's calling? We me? all have to learn. Um, we all have to. We all have to change. But we're modifying to work things out for each Jazzy,
0: other. Jazzy, would you just so. grab that? Turn, I'm just going to turn it off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's my phone. It's my phone. Should I
1: answer it? Hey, it's all—it's all hanging it. out. It's right? my son. Watch this. We're not gonna. We're not. Hey, gonna. I'm teaching.
0: What's going on? <laughs> you got, I'll call you back later. Okay. All right. All
1: right. All right. Bye, Elias. <laughs> See, <laughs> unexpected detours. You just gotta roll with it. So all right, I go want you to ahead. meditate you me to do on this. These two? I, I would say this. So and this is communication
0: take, okay. in in. Uh, I'm turning my phone off. Uh, so communication in marriage. Um, the Bible says that they were both naked and they were not ashamed. And so this tells us a very key issue uh, to marital harmony is vulnerability. Um, so communication is based on two lines of thought, love and respect. And so when you're communicating with your spouse, it's always a good, now this is a template, this isn't what's going on. We usually have to apologize after the fact. This is usually- We I'm do so- a lot
1: of I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry,
0: I shouldn't have said that. That was not very loving of me to say that but we know the standard. The standard is love and respect. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that to you. That was very disrespectful of me to say that to you. So while we know the template, we transgress the boundary sometimes because we're human and we're emotional creatures. But what happens within our relationship and even with our children is my children have seen this model very clearly is that we apologize. We apologize one to the other and then we apologize to our kids when we transgress the kid. And you will transgress your child. And if you want to act all egotistical like, well, they just need to get over it. No, you're going to transgress your kid. Transgress, so different types of sin. The word transgression means to step over the line, right? That's, just, that's what a transgression is. Iniquity is the issue that's in you. That's, that's the problem that Jesus deals with. Transgression is you just, you cross the line. You went over the line and in communicating with your spouse, you're going to cross the line. No,
1: we're not. We'll never cross the line. Or you think, oh, that's what I meant. I didn't mean that. Well, Well, if she's hearing that, well, then you're you're apologizing for the the, offense. The the
0: baseline, like, for successful marriages is there's got to be vulnerability. You have to look at your compelling weaknesses. You just have to. And where marriages fail is when someone, when one or both parties don't want to change. And usually there's a willfulness in that, but there's sometimes there's um, a vulnerability issue where the person does not want to become vulnerable. They're very guarded in that area and they don't even trust their spouse in that area. What we have had to do is become naked and not ashamed and trusting of one another and allowing her to see not because I'm an empathetic, pitiful case, but I have to acknowledge the brokenness that I have. I have to acknowledge that, you know, some of the problems that are coming out of me, she's not really the cause of that. She might be igniting the cause that's coming, you know, like the, the reaction that I'm having is not necessarily related to her. And then she has to be willing to look at the same thing, that the reaction that she's having to me is not really about me you know, and so there's deeper, there's deeper issues of vulnerability that have to be exposed and your marriage will flatline. In other words, it will no longer grow. If you will not go to that level and it will flatline or your marriage will fall apart and drift down separate paths. If that unwillingness to be vulnerable and that unwillingness to change particularly in the love and respect area between the two of you. We've had to really grow in that. You know, we've really had to grow in that. And we knew all the rules. we still growing. We knew all the rules and, and all the other things. And, and so there was a lot of self-management when we were first married. And in that self-management, um, it wasn't a real vulnerability that was going on there. You know, we were being just dutiful Christian people. And we weren't being really true to how we felt. And, um, and you have to trust each other with the feelings that you have. Like I have- And learning how to deliver those feelings. So, yeah, let me yeah. be clear with what, what I mean by feelings. It's not just an emotional feelings. It, the feeling related to need, right? You have emotional needs, all of us do. I have an emotional need. It's hard for men to actually acknowledge that they have emotional needs, but we do. We have a need for love. We have a need for respect. We have a need to be supported. You know, like the thing that ends up happening with men is that encouraged. There's the word. Because the opposite of that is criticism. No one sucks. Okay, guys, men, you can amen me when when I get this right. I'm going to amen you. Well, yeah, I know. I know where you're going. women, Kevin. No one can suck the life out of a man like a woman who critiques him.
1: Even if it's true, ladies, not truth is not second. always to be Let said. Let me finish
0: that. He won't want to leave the house because of the words that you speak. His boss can talk crap to him. Everybody around him can talk crap to him, and it won't even matter. He'll be like, whatever. But when his wife talks crap to him, and his wife is demeaning, and his wife is undermining, and his wife is critical and harsh, it's just he doesn't even want to go. He, 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 all, all sense of purpose is gone. All sense of life is gone. You know, he, he literally, almost to get to the Lord, he has to crawl to the Lord if, he, if he's, at you know, to get some, some level of life. And so the woman has this tremendous power of influence over the male. And, and when she uses her words wisely, she will see the power of her words. When she uses the words of her, you know, I, I say this all the time. Pro, yeah, I got you. So Proverbs epitomizes wisdom and foolishness as a woman. So if you look at Proverbs, wisdom is, is epitomized or demonstrated as foolishness as a woman, but so is wisdom. And so what does that tell you, ladies? You have the power and the potential to bring wisdom or complete foolishness, you know? So th- you, there's a tremendous potential in influence that's been given to the woman. And so with the man, when he hurts the woman, is it's a lack of love. And, and when I say that, it's like the things that she has need of, it's silencing and not listening to what she needs. You know, not what she's feeling in the moment, but what she truly needs. She needs time with me. She needs to talk to me, right? So what I've been trying to do, because I've been very busy lately, so this is just one example, is like we'll get up in the morning and like when we have a lot going on, she needs to talk to me. She needs to talk to me. Now, she's okay with me saying, hey, I got to go spend time with Jesus, and then I'm going to come back and talk to you. She's okay with that. But she's not okay with me saying, I'm going to spend time with Jesus, and then I'm going to do 50 other things, and then I'm going to come back and talk to you. She's not okay
1: with that. And, and so I'm not asking you for huge, like, I'm not asking for breakfast. Yeah, I literally, right. it's like he just lays in bed with me, and I talk to well, him about a few yeah. things. Or I have tea, and he lets me talk to him for maybe a half hour, 45 minutes where I discuss some things. Right. So.
0: But I don't need that, but she does. And it's high value to her. And what men become is insensitive to the needs that the wife has. You understand? And, and, and that's another story. So I'll yield it to you. Go ahead.
1: Okay, so I was going to say, so we can um, discourage, like he was saying. And so I was saying that even if it's uh, true, it's not to be said. Something that I really struggled with um, is because I knew that I had a point to some of the issues that I would want to talk to him about. And I think this goes male or female as well. Um, it's, It's not what I was saying, it was how I was saying it. And so if you look in your background with your parents, how they would talk to each other is oftentimes, not always, but often can be, or maybe I'll even use can be, that you will express yourself the same way. And so you will, ex- you will have a natural inclination. It's almost like codified that this is the way we just say it. We just're you know whatever, we just say it. And so I have had to learn, and that's why we did these marriage encounters, is I've had, and I'm not, I don't do this all the time. I'm not, I, look, just because I'm up here doesn't mean I do this perfectly. I don't. You can ask Richard. He lives with us, you know. I mean, it's not perfect all the time. And sometimes things come out, and I we have a lot of, there's a lot of things changing always, and so we deal with a lot of things. We have a business that we run. There's just a lot of stuff that goes on for the Sutherlands, along with this church, and then people management, and all of that stuff. So it's there's a lot of, changing factors and so we can get a little snippy sometimes or tired or overdone or just whatever (laughs) so we've had to learn my point was of constructively talking to each other so when my husband or he hears from me that um wow that was so sharp that was so coarse you know or whatever it is that you hear in your relationship because that's what i'm really trying to help is yours Is I've had to learn that just because it's true and him just because it's true doesn't mean you have to say it like that and so I've had to learn and discover with prayer of how the Lord wants me to share this with him that is true Uh, or there's merit I'll even take the word true because true is relative truth can be relative at times your version of the truth so I will ask the Lord to, I will pray about things for a while. And there's things that I pray about for months. Even now, I pray about that I see about my husband, that he sees about me, and that we pray for each other on it. And I (laughs) wait to say it. And until I have the certainty that I should share this in the right setting, I don't but I keep praying. And a lot of my blabbermouth stuff that I've done at times has been because of my own fear, stuffing it, not knowing my my process, not knowing how to do this, not thinking I was wrong, you know, because what he was doing to me was wrong, so therefore I was justified in what I was doing back. No, I'm not justified. And I've had to learn this is, again, that constructive communicating of me expressing my feelings, me telling him that when you talk like that to me, that really bothers me. Or when you say that about me or my personality or anything like that, pick something, you know, that bothers me because of this and him learning to hear that. And it may be how he feels that I am that way. But him learning to communicate differently how he feels. Because he's really not trying to tell me, oh, you're all this and all that. He's really trying to tell me, I don't like it when you do this to me. I don't like how I feel. I don't like that you're stepping on my toes or you're doing this or you're doing that. So we're having to learn to say it in a constructive way. And so the prayer thing is a big deal. And that's for both of us. Women are not just supposed to pray for their marriages. Men are too. Absolutely. Men are to pray for their wives. And I was going to touch on say, this. this. Go something. ahead. But then I just want to yeah. answer there's something here yeah, that no, I really want to. Yeah, And, and then we're going to finish
0: go. up with dating. But the, just thought, I want to try to give you like tools, right? by okay. like, like? You're, like, you're going to go into this question here. Okay. Just do I'm gonna, that question. I'm going to try Because I know that's but, weird, um, weird. The yeah. like, like tools. So I will say things she won't like the way I say it, right? Because, guys, we talk to each other in a different way. You know, we, we're just, you know, know, you know we, we, we just talk, you know? And I would say
1: kind of, sort of, but well, okay.
0: Well, when dudes talk, well, there's nonverbal communication. Like the other night at dinner, Joe and, jo- Sherry and Ro- Joe, Rosie were just talking up a storm, and Joe and I... We just stared at each other and did that communication thing that men do where we just look at each other and nod. We know what we're saying, don't we, Joe? We're like, yeah, we, know. we nod. See, like Elias over there, he knows what I'm saying. I just nod at him. He knows. You know, guys do but, but the point being, I would communicate with her. And the way men talk to each other, we're, we can be rough and direct, and, you know, nobody's offended at that. Women, not only women, but most women that I know, like a certain level of sensitivity in the way that they're spoken to. And all the ladies said, Okay, how about over here? Do you like a little bit of sensitivity when you're spoken to? Okay, over here, ladies, do you like a little bit of sensitivity when you're spoken to? Okay, so I would have to, I would say things, she would get mad at me for what I was saying or not what I was saying, but the way I was saying it. So here's the tool. I would say to her, I started asking her, well, how would you like me to say that? So how can I say that? And then she started teaching me how to communicate with her. And that's a really big thing. And vice versa. Well, yes, and vice versa. This works both ways. So, but guys really need help with this. <laughs> we really... Good God, Jesus, we need help with this. So women pick this stuff up a little bit more intuitively. Thank you, Holy Spirit, yes. right now, right now. But, we, but like, uh, one of the things with her is she was expecting things from me this is something that I thread out there a lot because it's important is that she would expect things from me and I was not able to, and I was clearly not giving her what she wanted from me and so I would have to tell her to teach me how to love you you know you need to teach me what how to communicate love to you you have to teach me and her first response was well you should just understand because there's the vulnerability thing see See, she doesn't want to be vulnerable. With They're not, was,
1: robots. We're well, not robots. We're not robots. This is so early they can't on. figure yes, it out. Yes, this They're is not. early
0: on. So she had to actually... And
1: I would think that you were
0: not being sincere when I would have to tell you. Yes, she would, she would think that I was being sincere, but I am being sincere. I just want to say it the way you want me to say it. Just tell me how to say it. You know, anyway. <laughs>
1: and, what and vice do you want? versa. Anyway. And vice versa. So... Uh,
0: All the singles are like, what are they talking about? I just don't. (laughs) You'll learn. I don't understand this at all. You'll see. You'll see. The the point being is that to put the impetus, because I want to serve her. I want to love her. I'm willing to love her. I'm willing to change for her. I'm willing to speak kindly to her. I'm willing, but I don't know what I'm doing. So she has to, and I would go to Jesus, which was always my default. I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Tell me how to do this. Tell me how to do this. And he would be like, ask her. Tell her to tell you how to love you. Have her show you that. What, what communicates love to you? Show me this. And in some of it, I would be like, okay. And then when, when it came to communicating, if I would say something wrong, and I'd say, well, what did I do there? You know, I, I, w- I wanted a hat when I first got married that said, what did I do on the front of it? And on the back it said, I'm sorry. So I got, cause I would always be like, what did I do? I'm sorry. What did I do? Oh, I'm whatever.
1: sorry. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah. This is
0: a male thing, God, cause oh, guys, blah, guys, blah, listen, blah, blah, guys, blah. listen. Maybe that's not the way for women, but, but men, we feel like this. This is something that you know it bothers us, and we feel like failures, like we don't know what we're doing, and we just get more hardened, you know, on the other side. And so we have to, you have to ask her. So I would ask her, like, okay, what was wrong with what I said? She's like, I didn't like the way you say it, and I'm saying, so what's a better way to say that? And eventually, she'll do it. Even today, she'll look. I'll, I'll ask her, and she'll go, well. I'd like you to say it like this, you know? And so, I, and, and so then I'll say, okay. And then I'll say it the way that she asks me. And people say, oh, but you don't understand what love is. You don't understand. Communication is not about what you say, communication is in reference to the hearer, to impart grace to the hearer, the Bible says. The whole idea of communication isn't your eloquence of speech and what you meant to say and how, you know, all these other things. Communication is grace unto the hearer. So if my words are not imparting grace Love is. unto the Love hearer. Is Love is right. Kind. Then I need to change the way that I'm saying it. And not expect the person receiving it to just get over it. No, my words need to change because they're not imparting grace to the to hearer.
1: Okay, I want to just say something right, on that we point. Got, so well, I just we're almost add, out of time, but we're going to go five I'm, minutes away. So I've, I've got my last question. I'm going to do mine, and then you're going to talk, okay. and then we'll be close, because I know it'll take a little bit of it. So um, I just wanted to say on the communication thing. So I know what he just said about the whole thing about women, or men can just look at each other, and they're like, and they're like, and it's fine. I'm going to do it right, right now. No, no. Okay, I got it. Okay, see? just do that. He's got me. Okay, just right there. do that. Okay. He's so got, got me the thing. too. All right. We know where they're like, yeah. It's my turn. We know. It's my turn. We're it's in. my turn. Okay, so here's the thing. we All right. So see in here? Look. No, he's has got right. me. Blah, blah, blah. There's here's Dave. We go. He's got me. Okay, ah, got yeah, okay. you know. All right. Here we go. Okay, so I just want to say this. <laughs> Look, our culture does not make men very emotionally sensitive. It's just a fact. I'm not saying you have to be like women. I'm not saying let's not even associate it with gender thing, okay? Because men are created to have emotional sensitivity. The truth is things do hurt you and things do matter to you and you do want someone to love you and you do want meaning and you do want validation and you do want all those things. You do, it's just a fact, you do. And love is that. We may come at it from different angles, but no two women are the same and no two men are really the same either. So the thing, the problem is our culture does not develop, I think, men to their emotional sensitivities. So marriage has done that for him where he's actually realized that over time he's realized there's a lot of things that do bother him and he doesn't say anything. He's just stuffing it. Not and anymore. And so he's, uh, he's had to learn. Yeah. Not he's anymore. had to learn that <laughs> he's, he has learned to express himself that this does matter to me. He'd say, "Oh, I don't care. I don't care." But he, he did care. He just was never allowed to know or validated that he can care. Okay? So you the key is is to, you don't have to be like him. You don't have to be like me, women. You want to figure out and mine your own needs. And it's not like you're supposed to be needy. Oh, you're not meeting all my needs. We're not gonna meet all each other's needs, but we're laboring to validate love. Love is by meeting those. Two are better than one. And so we're devoted to each other for that purpose. I just wanna last, I'm gonna um, talk about, uh, no, it's not, it's the communicating one. Hold on, is that it? Okay, you didn't answer it. How How do we keep conversation going after so many years? Sometimes it just get quiet. Yes, it does. Yes, it does in marriage. It does. It gets married when you've had kids for five years in the home. And it can. Life is busy. Our marriage has taken a lot because we've put a lot of strength into it. We try to focus on it. Not all the time. We don't go out on dinners all the time. We don't have time. We eat at home. Sometimes. But it's not like we have a, a weekly. We don't have this ideal. Some people, it's like... Every week So we what's go out to meaningful? Dinner. Where's I'm, the communication hold on, I'm going come, there. come from? Every every like every week we have a dinner night or we go out. Okay, if that's what people are doing, but that's not me and Kevin. We're just differently hardwired, so we spend our time together differently, and but we do create time. And and again, oftentimes it's just an hour every other day where he just it doesn't run off and I get to talk to him. So how do you deal with communication going or when you love love is lost? Okay, love is created through intimacy. You cheat because you create intimacy with someone other than your spouse. That's just the fact. All cheating starts with words. Okay. So that's just it. Intimacy comes from, it's just like with the Lord. You talk to him, you're going to create intimacy. You talk to your kids about the things that matter to them and validating who they are, then they will feel that you love them. You at your boss, you ask your boss the things that he likes. You like the things that your business likes and they think you're amazing. Why? Because you're liking what they like. It's the same concept. So love is the same way. You are married to someone when your marriage is missing something, and it does miss at times. It does have different needs. Seasons change. Uh, physical needs as well. We are honest, we're not honest, we're open. We dialogue it together. We don't just say, he doesn't just say, well you don't do it for me anymore. And if he does, he'll probably end up apologizing for that because it's me, right, that's hurtful. So we journey towards what we need together because we're not fighting each other, we're working together. So if the communication is gone, what do you do? You're going to cheat because you're looking, you're, you, the proverb says, to him who is hungry, him who is ravenous, even what is bitter will become sweet. Now, why are you ravenous? Because you're missing something. Go and drink from the well you're supposed to drink from. And oh, it's not there, and she don't talk to me, and he don't talk to me, and she don't do this, and she doesn't do that. The reason, because you're not working through those issues. They always come, so I have to be intentional to make communicative time and make time to look at him through fresh eyes. I had a woman years ago. She talked to me. I'm married 33 years, Sherry. I knew her husband. She said, I don't want to be with him anymore. He's a great man. He's a godly man. Good man. Good man. Good man. And she's like, I don't want to be with him anymore. He's just not romantic. And she's like, I want to leave him. And I told her, I said, I'm going to tell you something. You can do that, but you will regret it. You will, you're tearing your house down with your own hands. And you know why? Because somebody, will, you're looking at him through filters of unforgiveness Okay. And bitterness and his issues. But if you would work on it and you would create love and build love back again, that will be there because you have a good foundation. But if you don't, some woman's going to come along and she's going to be just fine having, having, having him because he's not all that bad. If, and I don't mean when I say all that bad, he, he's not perfect. But there's a lot to work with in that relationship. And let me tell you something the people that have to take off, and I'm sure if you talk to people, divorce is not easy. Jesus is very clear about divorce. He says it was because, it was not so, but because of uh, Moses, uh, because of the hardness of your heart, it was given to you. So that means somebody in the relationship is hard hearted. And you know what's going to happen? Won't change. Cost pain. You have to Take change. two pieces of paper and put them together, glue them, and try to rip them apart. You're going to pull all kinds of pieces off. They're not separating clean. It and either life. will you. It's your heart. It's your heart. So you need to go slow. You can fix it. Listen, I can get a new haircut. I can change my clothes. I can start talking more sweet. I can put a little lipstick on. I can go out to dinner. Yeah. I can be, What am I not doing that validates you? Well, how can I change? You know, how can I change? How can I, can I do different? I can lose my penchant for nah, chocolate chip cookies. A deal. Nah, not just stop okay. eating cookies, All man. All right, so hold on. But no, he, right, we got to watch time. I'm to love him. I'm to love him. And I'm, she used to love me. He, you're, you're to love them. And so you can fix communication. Just start talking.
0: We're gonna talk more, so you pick learn that up. more about right. your mate. Okay, so okay. I want the last question. I'm gonna do dating, so you can hit that. That's a really okay. good topic in I'm the done. second se- in the second service because we'll keep going and we'll try to make the videos available if this adds value to any of you, and which we are praying that it. Does. Anybody?
1: is it helping anybody? Anyone at all? <laughs> you're not just clapping because you're trying to be sweet, right? right? So you're okay, so I just wanna
0: okay. I wanna just talk. So you had the first question. I'm gonna have the last question and we'll close. All right. So. Um, Uh, We're talking about dating. Is it biblical not to date? Is it biblical to not date and just get married? What does the Bible say about dating? Uh, Is it okay with God? uh, So what about being divorced and widowed? Do I just wait for someone? All right. So dating is a period where you're getting to know the person. In the Bible, it's betrothal. And it was more family-related. It was a different culture. So families knew each other. And so it was more of a family-integrated thing. And it was a period of betrothal and it was a period where, where fidelity would be proven. It was typically done much younger, so I'm not going to get too, too into that. So dating should not, you should not be perennially dating. You should not. If you do not, if you're dating someone, and, and guys hate it when I do this, because they think, you know, if, you, you, if, you're, if you're six months in, you need to know where this thing's going. And if you don't know where this thing's going six months in, then you need to back up, go back to the friend zone until you figure out where this thing's going.
1: Stop playing patty cake. Right.
0: This, What's listen, the song?
1: If you like it, you better okay. put a I, ring on it.
0: My, my thing, baby. baby. No, hold on. Hold no. on. I gotta, I'm trying to manage time because so we're going to close. we got to respect time because we have another service. So she said, can we go long in second service? So um, I guess we're going to go long in second service. But the, the, the thing is that um, uh, you should not be dating for long periods of time. If you are dating for long periods of time, you will fall into sexuality. You will. The typical scenario, it's, it's inevitable. God made us to be attracted to one another. And so the Bible says, listen, marriage is honorable for all, and the bed is undefiled. But fornicators, those are who have sex outside of marriage, and adultery will be judged. In other words, God will allow the consequences of those actions to befall you. God's not putting consequences on you but those actions have consequences and the Lord says if you transgress with this action I will allow those consequences and what happens through sexual relationships outside of marriage is they become very very lean and very very hollow and unfulfilling and you end up grasping for something trying trying to make something out of nothing you're already in the air and I don't have time to get into that but the point is you should not be dating for a long period of time I, I meet women and the, the, the way the guys do it, and I tell the guy all the time, if you're a Christian, man up, or get Peter, get off the pot, bro. Put her in the friend zone, separate it. If you're dating and you're six months in, and you're over the age, let's just say you're adults, let's just throw that one out there, you know? It, let's say you're an adult, and, and you, th- that, that qualifies it. You should know what you want by now, you know? You, you should know what you want. And if this isn't it, then move on, because she's someone else's wife. And if this isn't it, then move on because that's someone else's husband and you're placating this back to yourself or your own selfish needs and that's wrong. And so what you need to do is you need to get married and nothing's perfect, nothing's perfect. If you think, everybody's waiting for the opportune time to get married. There is no opportune time, there isn't. You know, it's like, well, we don't have the house and we don't have the car and we don't have the jobs and we don't have the money. None of that is the qualifier for marriage, none of that. Thank you. None of that. God. You don't even need the expensive ceremony. Said, let me, let me, because if you start just talking, to the just we're gonna, I'm going to go really long. Get married. So, right. Exactly. You don't even need that. That's another, that's another topic. I'm trying, but that's a great, great thing. I don't want, I want to respect what you're saying, but the, the thing is, is that again, we have to get rid of worldly illusions and you have to understand that what you, the Lord has to be at the epicenter of everything we do or not. We are either sons and daughters, and this is our father, and we follow our father, and we follow the Lord, or we don't. We either, it's the word of Elijah. If the culture's gods are your gods, then go follow them. But if Jesus is your God, then follow him you know, and his way is this way. He builds life together. He takes two raw, broken people who have nothing and he brings them together. And those two people begin to follow him together. And he builds a life in unison with one another, with him involved, a life that we could never build within ourselves. So when you're trying to, everybody's trying to build these separate lives. Well, I'll get married when I'm, when I'm making a hundred thousand. Well, good luck. Well, I'm going to get married when I, have, when I own my car and I got my house and I got, and time goes on. You, you start dating a guy, you waste two years of your life, ladies, with a person who has no intention of marrying you. If he's two years in and, he has no, and that guy hasn't put a ring on it, you need to start asking some serious questions. And then it, that guy will move you in, that's going to buy him another two years, right? Oh, let's live together. Now it's two years in, then, he, then you're still, he still hasn't married you. Then he puts a ring on it, a promise ring. He's two years in, but he still won't marry you. Now you've just wasted six precious years of your life on someone who intends on making no commitment to you. And then when the, when the relationship falls apart, what do you got? You got another year or two of recovery. So any, if you get involved in those relationships you're gonna, you have, and, you don't, and there's no marriage there, you're going to waste a whole decade of your life, a decade that you don't have. This, has really, this is just practical what I'm saying. I'm not even talking about the moral or the spiritual side of those actions. There's a moral and a
1: spiritual side to those actions. I just want to add this and then well. you can close. I'm going to add two, just a couple sentences. Just, you, so you, just to be aware, the simplicity of life is what's biblical. It's not the boats, the cars, the, the fancy outfit, the marrying that person. It's not all that stuff. You are called to live a simple life, not even be an idol of money. You're to live simply and love someone and marry and be married, not be alone. If that makes sense, and if we would go back to just the simplicity of commitment and the purpose of it, we wouldn't be so wrapped up in the wrong thing of trying to find someone and all that extra stuff that falls out. So I just want to say that I think we're finished. But look, there's uh, there was a lot of questions, and so what me and Kevin had talked about beforehand that we didn't get to. You can come to, for round two. You can come for round two. Service. We're gonna do second service, but we're also gonna extend and we're gonna try to answer all questions. So if your question didn't get it answered in this service, we're gonna try to answer it in second. So if you watch the recording, you'll be able to watch it as well, so that it'll be a blessing. And you too. can ask yeah.
0: Alex; it's on Facebook. It'll be live streamed, and so um, if you want the if you want the recording, and you know, if you liked anything and got anything out of it, so we did it for you. we did this for you guys. So we yes. hope you guys were blessed. And now Kim's going to pray for you, trying to help you, <laughs> trying to say, trying to save you a decade of your life.
1: Make things easier. Trying to make
0: marriages resurrected. Amen. Trying to make you go. Whew! I'm not the only one. Exactly. Exactly. Let me pray for you, Father. I just thank you for these beautiful people. We thank you, Lord, that marriage is of you, Lord. It's designed of you, Lord. Relationships are you, Lord. You, man, it's not good that men be alone, Lord. You made this whole circumstance, Father. You made a beautiful thing, and even through the sin and the brokenness, Lord, you can still move through our sin. You can still move through our brokenness. You can still create something wonderful and functional, Lord, out of our dysfunction. You can bring beauty, Lord, where there is a destruction, beauty for ashes, Lord. And so we just thank you for that. I pray for the restoration of marriages in the name of Jesus. I pray for the strengthening of marriages in the name of Jesus. I pray for the singles, those who want to be married. Lord, that you would give them clarity in their expectations, that you would show them the path to go upon, Mm -hmm. Lord, to reach, and that you would bring them to the person and bring the person to them, and that you would give them eyes to see and hearts to know and hearts to understand. Lord, we just speak life over marriage. It is your design. It is why the culture of the devil assaults marriage so highly is because it's of you. And so, Lord, we want to honor it, and we want to bless it, and we release your spirit over these people in Jesus' name. I
1: just want to quickly pray. I feel like there's a few people that have bitterness in their marriage. I will. It'll be two minutes. So I just pray, Father, right now for those that have struggled with bitterness, where there's unforgiveness, and there's wounded hearts, uh, maybe even unfulfillment, Lord, Lord, those that feel unfulfillment in their relationships, unfulfillment with you, maybe they feel a longing, Lord, that they've not been fulfilled with relationship, and they feel that you've not been faithful to them, God, I pray that you would show them that you are El Roy, the God who sees, and Lord, you say that you're the healing balm of Gilead, and so it's a salve that heals everything, it's this miraculous salve, and so Lord, you see the scar tissue, Um, you know the scar tissue in our own marriage, and Lord, it's, it's healing but you can still see the scar because Lord you're the testimony and so I pray over every marriage every every dating couple every person that's single that's wanting more from their relationship and they really want all that you have to give but they're still in the reality and so Lord I pray healing I pray for fresh hope they would see with fresh eyes because Kevin uh, prayed and Lord you would reveal even the unforgiveness and God you would remove the barrier that that tear that wound of the heart, the thorns. I see the thorns, Lord, that have been there. And God, you would restore And you would be the God who is the God of transformation. Ezekiel, you say that you caused the dry bones to dance and you see those of us that have been lying in our blood. You saw us and everyone else walked by and saw our, our bloodiness of our flesh and our circumstances of who we are and the mess that we've made. But you said, live. And you caused dry bones that have been broken by the sun and destroyed. You caused them to have life and to dance again. So I pray right now, Father, I release in this room a healing anointing into the hearts, Father, and into the salve that needs to come forth to them right now in your precious name. And God, I pray, Father, for a newness of life, chapters, just fresh chapters, and fresh hope they can go a little further, and that you would show them that they're a threefold cord that Proverbs talks about that's not so easily broken, and that you're in the center of that marriage, and they have nothing to fear, that you knew they would walk this path, and you have the answer. You're the genius in the room, and there's nothing that can't be fixed or healed or restored, and I pray that right now in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. We love you. God loves you. The Lord